Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast number 63, the UK's digital TV and technology show. The show that's driven by feedback from you. My name's Carl, and with me today is our tech guru, Pete. Hi there, we've been to the UK's largest consumer electronics show, and today we'll tell you what we saw. Now, here's a look at what we'll be talking about in today's tantalising take on technology. Richard Branson wants his old radio station back. Tesco's about to enter the internet TV market, every little helps. Record video footage on the move, without the judder. It's official, I've got a brain, and Neurosky can prove it. Plus your questions on BT Vision, DAB Radio and Classroom Video. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency Cast, now loading news. Headline time and the first two stories involve security. First off, the iPhone. It's been discovered that iPhones have been tracking our locations. Two security researchers have recently discovered that information about the smartphone's location is stored in a large hidden file. According to Apple, the data is only used to allow the phone to locate its position quickly, but nonetheless still a concern. Not as big a concern though as the PlayStation breach. Up to 77 million users of the PlayStation network have had their user details, including passwords, date of birth and home address, compromised. At the time of recording, the PlayStation Network is still down. If you're a member, please keep a close eye on your credit card statement. Next, footy fans will know that the 14th of May is a big day. This year, the FA Cup Final will be available in 3D, thanks to a tie-up between ESPN and Sky. If you have a 3D TV and a Sky Plus box, the match will be available on Sky's dedicated 3D channel. Silly glasses at the ready. Tesco has just announced it's about to enter the video-on-demand market. It snapped up an 80% stake in the online movie service Blinkbox. If you've not come across Blinkbox before, they currently offer around 9,000 movies that can be viewed on a PC, Mac, PS3 games console, as well as some tablet devices and internet-enabled TVs. Blinkbox has also cashed in on Wedding Fever and is currently offering the William and Kate movie available to rent now. Talking of the royal wedding, at the time of recording, you're still able to get a collectible royal wedding phone. It's an Alcatel phone and it's available for just £1. It's got to be worth having just to stash away and sell on eBay in the future. The phone has a picture of the couple as a screensaver and this ringtone. Seriously, I'm not joking. If you really want one of these, see our news page, but you'll have to hurry. Radio news now. Remember Virgin Radio 1215? The station launched in 1993, was sold to Chris Evans, then SMG, and then to the Times of India, where it became Absolute Radio. Well, the station's up for sale again, and apparently Richard Branson wants his old radio station back. He's hoping to get the national music station as a bargain. Some switchover news now. The date for the big London switch has been confirmed as the 4th of April 2012 for BBC Two, with the other analogue channels set to go by the 18th of April 2012. Next, if you run a website, you need to be aware of the Panda update. This rolled out on the 11th of April, and it's a new algorithm from Google to eliminate certain sites. The update appears to have targeted a number of UK websites, including some high-profile voucher code sites. 
And finally, a few weeks ago, US Air Force combat controller Ron Walker was hanging out of the side of his plane, watching for landmarks ahead of a big parachute jump. His iPhone 4 fell out of his pocket, and he watched helplessly as it spiralled 1,000 feet to the ground. When he touched down, he was amazed to find that his Find My iPhone app showed that the phone was still alive. He tracked it down and found the phone in working order, unscarred by the ordeal. A smartphone parachute, perhaps? Never knew there was an app for that. Thanks, Pete. For more on these stories and others, visit frequencycast.co.uk slash news. Well, now it's focus time, and today we're going to concentrate on what we did in Birmingham at the Gadget Show Live 2011. Great fun. Let me give you some facts about Gadget Show Live for a start. First off, over 90,000 people were there. Good grief, and I only counted, what, 58,000? I've run out of fingers. Now, we went along on two days. The first day was what's called the Professional and Press Day, which was on the Tuesday. We went along to that. After that, there were five public days, and, of course, we were there to see what was going on. And we met the presenters, including the lovely Pollyanna, who had this to say... Well, you are at Gadget Show Live. It is, of course, that time of the year again. Very excited this year. We have got big halls. It's getting bigger and better. And I must admit, it's great to see you guys. She was lovely. So at Gadget Show Live, there were lots of different sections. There was the Super Theatre. Now, we didn't go to any of those, but that's where the Gadget Show presenters were doing their stuff. The Game Zone. We stayed fairly clear of the Game Zone, didn't we, not being gamers? Yeah, we did. But we did go past the test tracks and watch a few people falling off. And my favourite bit was the Hall of Fame, all those old BBC Bs and Electrons and ZX81s. Oh, that was fun. And the C5, of course, don't forget that. And some Casio drum machines uh, sequences. It was great. So rather than sitting in the theatre watching the Gadget Show presenters doing their stuff, we had a good old wander around and a natter with lots of the exhibitors. Now, it was a fairly busy hall, and I think we more or less saw everyone there, didn't we? We certainly saw them. Whether we spoke to them or not is another thing. And we took our trusty Olympus voice recorder along to record some interviews. Now, we're going to play you a few short extracts of various interviews that we did. The full versions of these interviews and some that aren't featured in the show can all be found on our website, so do have a look if you're interested in hearing more about any of these. Now, the first people we spoke to, we spoke to about tablets, which we did back in show 60, which wasn't that long ago, in fact, and they had something to tell us about the uh, Windows operating system tablets that they had. We spoke to William from Lenovo, who was one of the team there to announce a brand new product. Yeah, this is uh, the latest uh, tablet uh, product from the Lenovo. It's the IdeaPad uh, S1. So it's uh, uh, a Intel-based tablet with uh, Microsoft's uh, operating system. Obviously, it comes with a 10.1-inch screen and it's a a 16 by 10 uh, widescreen. So it also supports all the uh, Flash. So you will be able to explore a website and also explore the uh, Adobe Flash uh, content very easily, which is very key for both consumer and uh, commercial space. And one specific feature, you can touch it by your finger. Uh, It also comes with a digitizer pen. Okay, and why do we want to use the digitizer pen? Because a lot of the application, no matter consumer or commercial, it still come. You can use a finger to, to do it, but it will give you a better user experience and more a better precision if you use a pen. It's also a pressure sensitive. So if you press it harder, you know it will be a thicker line. If you press it lighter, it will be a thin line. We did a review of tablet devices a couple of shows ago. One of the key things that was missing from all the tablet devices relates to connectivity. Now, I'm assuming this obviously has Wi-Fi. Uh, I'll ask you a second whether it has Bluetooth. But the key for me is USB. 
Yeah, this one does have a USB because expansion, as I said, you can use the, the wireless, you can use the Bluetooth, but uh, a quick connection via USB. I mean, we did reserve at least one USB port over there. So no matter you want to put in a, a, a mouse or you want to uh, put in, a, and there was a docking station available as well, or you want to just uh, put in a quick uh, flash drive. And when is this product actually launching? For Europe, this is the first show that we uh, show the product to the general public. So that was one of many products launched at the Gadget Show Live. Correct. The IdeaPad S1 is due out in the second half of 2011, and we think it's one to watch. The price is to be confirmed. Take a look on our website where you'll see a lovely pic of the tablet being held by two of the most amazing girls. Oh, yeah. And talking of showgirls, there were lots of them wandering around the shows, hooking people in with their magic toys and teasing people to come and look at stands. So I've been walking around the Gadget Show totally minding my own business, I've just been harassed by two very sexy young ladies. What's your name? Suze. And what's your name? Tara. And what are you holding in your hands? The Steadicam Smoothie. Tell me all about this, Dan. What we've got here is a product called the Steadicam Smoothie. The Steadicam Smoothie uh, is born from the larger Steadicams that we use in the Hollywood range, sports industry, and it's currently balancing an iPhone 3GS. Good grief. So this is actually for the domestic market as opposed to the industry market, and this is an industry tool. Very much so, yeah. This is um, a consumer end product. gives the consumer a chance to own a piece of Hollywood, which allows you to balance. Uh, as I said, we've got a, an iPhone here, an iPhone 3GS. It balances an iPhone 4, uh, an iPod Touch, the Flip, and also we're working on other mounts uh, as well. And it allows you to basically have a frictionless movement and you when you're walking along it takes out the shake of using handheld very simple to operate this is actually only quite small let me just help the uh, the listeners understand this this is about um i don't know about a foot high i guess and it's like a big uh, d-shaped bracket you're holding with a handle that's very comfortable i've, I've had a sure. little hold earlier and uh, it's so easy to use it's unbelievable but it's got perfect balance doesn't it when would you expect people to use these Okay, so we like to call these types of users, or in this particular case with the iPhone, iPhoneographers. Nice, I like that. (laughs) Seems to be a very catchy word that's going around. And it's giving the the guys that have iPhones or any device that has uh, movie footage or HD footage to rather than just handhold to give you that, when you see it's all shaky on YouTube videos, looks very shaky, it takes away all of that. When you put it on the Steadicam smoothie, you get complete motionless movement. There's no shake at all. Obviously, a little bit of practice. Once you've got it down to a fine art, you can get the same type of footage that you would expect from some of the larger Steadicam products. It's very smooth. So you can see a picture of Suze and Tara on our website holding their big bendy gadget. Lovely stuff it was. Next up, something for the lazy. We spoke to iRobot, who have the perfect solution for tidying up houses. Just give us a quick description, Carl. Well, it's circular, it's about a foot in diameter, and it stands about four inches off the ground. And, uh, well, it's a big sucker, if you ask me. And here's Clive from iRobot to tell us more. Uh, Well, basically, the concept is very, very simple. It's uh, it's a a vacuum cleaning robot, which allows you to vacuum your rooms in your house without you actually being there in some cases. Hold on a minute, I'm almost completely redundant. I can move out. Will it do all the corners, and and how will it do all the edges? Because it is actually circular in design. Yes, well, it's got three cleaning modes to it. Product, you've got one which goes around in a spiral, you've got one that goes crisscross, and then you've also got one which goes along floor edges. It'll follow the side of the wall, and when it gets into a corner, yes, it is circular, but you've got side brushes which will take dirt and dust out of the very corner of the uh, of a room when it turns around there uh, doing 90-degree turn. 
tell me about my paintwork. Is this going to bump into all my skirting boards and cause damage to my house whilst I'm out? Because, you know, no one's there to keep an eye on him. Uh, no, it won't because it's actually got sensors that come out of the front of the robot. When it senses a large object when it's coming up towards it, it actually slows down. So Sorry, it slows down? Yeah. Yes, indeed, yes. Brilliant. <laughs> You've got sensors uh, coming out of the robot, basically measuring the room 67 times a second. And just a quick thing I've noticed as I've been watching this go around the floor, it actually has like bumpers on the side which are obviously switches to tell it where the edge of, of each area is. And also you've got little lights on the bottom to check where the stairs are, which I was quite impressed with. So we can actually put this upstairs and not worry about it being found downstairs in, by the time we come home. No, that's absolutely correct. It's got uh, two or three cliff sensors on the, on the bottom of the robot so it won't fall down the stairs. One last question. It is the big mega bucks question. How much do I need to pay for one of these? Pricing for the product starts at uh, £279 and goes up to £400. Yes, a very smooth product and we're actually interested in doing some more on this soon. Something else we'd like to cover in a little bit more detail is that lovely headset that you had on. At one point you were sat down in a chair and uh, a little headset was plonked on top of your head and a thing hanging off your ear to earth you. I've still got a dent in my head. Ouch, it hurts. Stop it. Stop it. Stop poking me. So this was a company called Neurosky and we spoke to David, Boris and Kelly to find out what their wonderful product was all about. And if I got it right, Carl, they were looking for your brain. We've just confirmed it indeed that he has a brain, but we're going to test his mathematical skills against the average second grader. So you've tested Carl's brain. Does it give you a size? Yeah, it gives actually a, a sign that the brain exists and the size is quite big. We are now trying to see how smart he is, not only the size. Now, is size important, Kelly? Size is always important to any girl. <laughs> okay, so David, talk me through what we're going to do. We're measuring Carl's EEG, which is the electroencephalogram signal that comes off of his head. Over the next 30 seconds, we're going to have him answer as many questions as he can. And at the end of the 30-second period, we can see how much attention he was paying at each question. Understand. Right. Carl, are you ready? Sorry, what's going on? Right. It's just asked Carl, 78 minus 55. 23. Right. Now, 87 plus 48, Carl. There's some other number that's bigger than 12. No rush. Notice his attention level as he gets frustrated. Now he's listening to what I'm saying, and you can watch his attention level literally go from engagement to disengagement. Oh, 12 minus 3. He got that right. <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> okay, so I reckon you failed there. Let's have a look. You finished. Let's look at the results. Carl started off at a reasonably high level of attention. He got two questions right and then basically just leveled off, and, uh, and he never really re-engaged. So his attention level was, was in sort of the bottom third area, and had he been in a second grade class setting, and if I would have been his teacher, I probably would have said, you need to go back and study last night's lesson. I like him. At the beginning of that sentence, and at the end of it, I kind of lost interest. <laughs> Maybe at the end of the day, size does matter. I think he's a lost cause, in all honesty. I don't think I pulled Kelly. The benefits for parents, for teachers, for tutors is, is really academic in the sense that we give lessons in the form of math and memory and pattern recognition, and we're able to determine whether the student is paying attention. We also try to do it in a fun way. We have a couple of more enjoyable, whimsical games, Minty Ant and Jack's Adventure, and these all come on a bonus CD, which in, is included with the Mindwave that we're selling here at the show, and it's available at neurosky.com as well. Oh, poor Carl, you poor thing. Huh? 
<laughs> There's a longer version of that interview up on our show notes, and it may be something that we come back to again in the future. Thanks very much to the guys and girl from Neurosky. Next up, we found a company called My Sunny. Now, I was wandering around the Gadget Show live with my trusty iPhone, but I had a problem. My batteries were running a little low. In my bag, I had a spare power monkey to give me a bit of a power boost, but we found a rather nice solution, didn't we? Uh, excuse me, I was the hero. I found that stand. You just trying to take credit for this. I was the one who had a little chat with Jason, and he explained to us how his fantastic product worked, and it is. I even like it. I don't have an iPhone. We've designed a iPhone charger. Uh, this one in particular is for the iPhone 4, as you're holding. It has an internal battery, which is a 2400 milliamp battery. It can be charged via USB or via the solar panel. Solar power, lovely, good idea. Mm, absolutely. We use uh, inverted cells on the solar panel. That's to ensure that we get ambient lighting as well as direct UV lighting to get the charge. And obviously, based in England, we need as much help as we can with the weather. Excellent. Okay, well, I'm just going to try this now. So I'm going to slot the iPhone 4. I've taken it out of my protective case into this device. There we go. The iPhone slides in top to bottom, connects into the standard iPhone connector. Uh, it adds a little bit of height to it, not a lot of weight, which is rather good. And on the back it gets kind of clever because I've got five LEDs. What am I looking at here? Four LEDs indicate the level of power that's actually in the charger right now. And the small uh, red LED indicates that it's actually picking up a charge via the solar panel. I see. So at the moment we've got a, uh, a bright red light. It's because presumably we're under a good spotlight, is that right? Absolutely. And the little, uh, the little button here is a power button here. One click will actually show you the level of charge in the actual charger two clicks will actually activate the charging and transfer the power to your iPhone. What kind of time could I expect to get from this from say an iPhone 4? Because the uh, battery is 2400, which is more than double than the current iPhone battery, you'll get two, nearly two full charges from it. So I'm obviously looking at the iPhone 4 version, you've got some other devices as well? That's right, we do one for the 3G, 3GS model. We also do the iPod and we've currently just got this new development which is the, the iPad. Is this the new iPad or the, uh, the first generation iPad? This is the first generation. We're currently uh, working with a prototype on the iPad 2 and we're about 12 weeks away from seeing that prototype. And what I really like about this is on the other side you can uh, slide the solar cell out which effectively means you can stand the iPad up like a picture frame with the solar cells pointing in the direction of your window or the light to charge up. Absolutely, you know, we wanted to make it a functional device while it's providing uh, power to the actual charger. So we thought if we incorporate the solar panel into a stand, it can stand up as a picture frame or you can actually use the keyboard and receive charge at the same time. Links and pics up on our show notes. Next, we just had to do it. We could never resist. We had a good chat with our friends at Swap, who in fact were just awarded a special certificate. In fact, whilst we were there. First, we caught up with Ty, one of the directors at Swap, and he gave us a great overview of the entire range of Swap watches. Too long to play in this show, but we'll put the full interview up on our show notes. And as you say, a rather special award for Swap. Here is Pete from Swap, together with the man from the Guinness Book of Records, to tell us more. Yes, yes, we're very happy. We've just officially been given the world record for the lightest touchscreen mobile phone in the world by Alexander from Guinness World Record, who was our adjudicator for today. The official numeric value was, I believe Alex, was 40.3 grams. Well, the previous record was 55.1 grams, so it's quite an achievement. We're yeah. happy because not only we beat the record, we've sort of considerably beat it, really, so we're all, we're all very happy in swap. It'll be very hard for anyone else to beat that one, isn't it? Oh, well, we'll see. Technology is changing every day, so we'll see. Hopefully not. Not too soon, anyway. 
So that's the record-breaking Swap Nova, which is the lightest mobile phone. Correct. We did a review a couple of shows back, but if you want to see the full review and the pictures, go to our show notes, where we'll point you in the right direction, and also give you a link to the interview with Ty about the rest of their wearable mobile phone range. Hello, I'm John from Channel 5's Gadget Show, and you're listening to Frequency Cast. Thank you very much, John. Next, it was time to talk protection, and in particular, ways to keep your gadget safe. And we met a number of different companies that can help out. And one of those was Freckles and Gilbert, who did uh, a nice sort of array of handmade bags and cases for your products. In flowery, girly pink for you. We also found a stand that had little black bottles of goo that you smear on your gadgets. And it smelt of a cleaning product that you may remember from many, many years ago. We talked to one of the team at the stand to find out why you'd want to put Brasso on your expensive gadgets. Well, we found that people were using the old-fashioned Brasso on their iPods, iPads to take out scratches and, and clean it up. But we realised that obviously you don't want to be putting something abrasive on your precious gadgets. So we thought we'd develop something brand new that's specifically designed to clean up iPods, iPads, laptops, computer screens. Um, Gadget Care is completely non-abrasive, so rather than wearing down the layer, it just polishes it to a clean and shine finish. It contains anti-static as well, which helps um, prevent dust. And the silicon in it also helps to fill in the cracks that have come up on your, on your gadgets. So it's the first new product for 110 years. You can buy it in Tesco's, HMV and Amazon and it retails at £5. Am I right in saying it adds a sort of a, a protective coating as well? That's right, yeah, that's what the silicon's there for. So that actually means that in future fingerprints aren't going to be quite as obvious once you put a coating of this on, is that right? Yeah, that's right, that's what it's supposed to do. So it's safe to use on you know, all types of gadgets, the back of cameras, all different types of materials, plastic, glass, metal. Superb, and it comes in a little bottle, 50 milliliter bottle, and you get a nice little cleaning cloth with it as well. And what I also like as well is it has that lovely Brasso smell, just for heritage, I'm assuming. That's right, yeah. Um, we found that people did like the smell, so this is a slight different smell to the old Brasso, but it's still quite sweet, that individual smell. Next up, we looked at another type of protection for your gadgets, and we spoke to a company called Protect Your Bubble. First off, we asked Dave, what is a gadget bubble? The bubble is a force field that, that sort of surrounds all of the gadgets that you hold dear, really. And what we're trying to do as, as Protect Your Bubble is just protect what you hold dear. So things that you rely on, such as your laptop, your iPhone, your, your satellite navigation system. We're trying to sort of put them all in one place and just try and protect it, really. And, uh, and that's, what, that's what we do. Absolutely. And when you buy something like, I don't know, let's say an iPad, which is 500 quid's worth of technology, it's very easy to drop them, damage them, break them, and some kind of protection makes sense. Uh, we cover against accidental damage, and including liquid damage, because we've all heard the story of you knocking a pint on your, on your iPad. We cover against theft, 60 days worldwide travel per year. Uh, you get your 12th month free. Now, I've got Carl standing next to me. Now, Carl could have done with your service a little while ago. Uh, what did you manage to do with your Nokia fairly recently? I dropped it down the lavatory. That sounds like liquid damage to me. Okay, is that something you would cover? It's an accident and, and it's liquid damage, so yes, that is covered with the protectable policy. To find out more about this Protect Your Bubble, go to our show notes where you can get a quote online. We also found lots and lots of headphone-related products. And I love those Jaybird Freedom wireless in-ear headphones. They were great, the little Bluetooth ones. Yeah, they were actually pretty impressive. Not a bad sound either for wireless headphones. Uh, we want to say hi to the guys at Advanced MP3 Players for showing those off to us. Links, again, up on our show notes. And we saw one other great stand. Nice headphones, nice girls, Jade and Ellie. But it was more the name of the company that we found amusing. We asked one of the girls to give us a hand with the pronunciation. Fanny Wang's headphones. 
I'm going to talk to Brendan now. Tell me about these headphones. Uh, these headphones were launched at CES in Las Vegas in January. What we wanted to do was create a product that was beautiful and attracted a wider audience. They can be worn as a fashion accessory and also in the quality of the sound because even though they still have a very punchy bass for people that listen to hip-hop, they also have a very clear response across the mids and highs. They're a very comfortable headphone to wear. They have special padding here on the top of the band. They're very robust. They have special padding on the ear muffs themselves, so even though they're not active noise cancellation, they do block out all the background sounds, so even if you're listening to them in a very noisy environment like here at the Gadget Show, you can still get immersed in your music. And they are an incredibly comfortable wear, aren't they? Very, very comfortable to wear. The other great thing is that we have a patented technology in the card, which is called a duo jack, which allows you to uh, share your music. One person described it today as a music orgy. You can have a little party and share around the music. Everybody's sitting there listening, and there's no loss in quality. That's really fantastic. Yes, yeah, so normally with these splitters, when you plug in an additional pair of headphones, you start to lose volume. But with these, they don't. And you've had up to how many? So we've tried it with 20. We don't know how far it will go. You know, if someone wants to set the record, there's a challenge. So once again, girls, what's the name of this company? Fanny Wangs. So for a picture of those and the girls, go to our website. Frequencycast.co.uk forward slash GSL is where you'll find all the pictures and the full versions of the interviews that we've played here. So, Carl, same time next year? Love it. Frequencycast. Now loading. Interaction. Time for feedback and questions now, and to start us off, we need the listeners to help us out with this one. Is that right? Yes, we do. I'm stumped on this one. We heard from Darren, who's a teacher. He wants to show a video to a class of 20 students on their computer screens at the same time. Now, he says he's tried to upload to Google Video, but ran into some buffering issues. So I guess he's going to hit the same with things like YouTube. He was thinking of the Play on PVR as an option, but I'm not so sure. The computers are connected, apparently, using LAN cables to the school network. If If you've got any suggestions for Darren, please get in touch, because I must admit, I'm stumped on that one. Any ideas? Mail us via our website. Now for a question from Mark Shaw. I live in Jersey on the Channel Islands, and we switched over last November. All's well, but I had expected that the digital revolution would bring DAB radio here as well. I thought it was the same service. I'd like to know if there are any radio receivers that I can play radio channels on other than through my TV set. Pete. Well, you're right that Freeview and DAB Digital Radio are two separate services. They don't go hand in hand. And you're also correct that at the moment, DAB isn't available on Jersey. However, that's all about change. In June 2011, the first DAB transmitter in Jersey will be switched on from the Le Platon transmitter site, apparently. If you can't wait until June, there's always portable internet radios as an alternative. Take a look at the link on our show notes for more on this. And a mail here from Mario. Our BT Vision box is connected to the TV in the lounge. Is it possible to control and watch programmes on the Vision box from our TV upstairs in the bedroom? A common question, we get that one a lot. If you're looking to connect via a TV aerial to your TV upstairs, then look at the Triax Trilink that we reviewed back in show 56. It works fine with BT Vision, Sky and Freeview. Otherwise, get yourself a wireless AV sender that supports remote control. Link to both of these on our show notes. Cool. And a quick hi to Chris Martin, a TV cameraman in Melbourne, Australia. Hi there. And also a hi to Luke Mason. He's a very special listener with a very special iPad. I don't know why it's special, but he tells me it is. 
Thanks to Luke and for Chris for getting in touch from a land down under. Now, Carl, how did we get on with our stowaway giveaways from last month? Well, funny you should mention that, and a very special thanks to Andy Smith, Mark Hawkins, Graham Holland, and Brinsley Manzi. I don't know whether you noticed me slip that one in. Always good to slip an extra Brinsley in there, isn't it? Um, so just to remind the listeners that aren't aware of what we're talking about, this is a little plastic plug that clips on the end of your mains plug, like this and you wind your cable around it to keep your cables nice and tidy. Now, what feedback did we get? Well, I think most importantly is the feedback about their opinion on what digital camera. Uh, They said two things which seemed rather detrimental. Uh, One thing they said was they thought they were overpriced at £7.99, and the other thing they said is that the only people that these were suitable for were people with OCD. So let's look at the feedback. Well, everyone said without question that these are a very good idea, but they also pointed out that uh, they did feel they were a little bit overpriced. Now, these are actually £7.99 for a pack of three, and it seems that people would be prepared to pay between three and £5 for a pack of three. Well, what did they say about the whole OCD thing? I think in general people agreed that the OCD comment was a little bit cruel. These are good products, they do serve a purpose. You don't have to be a compulsive tidier to use these things. Yes, certainly a majority vote against the OCD. And we'd like to thank Graham particularly for sending in an audio comment. Uh, It was too long to put in the show, but we will play a brief extract of his findings at the end of his response. Do you agree with the What Digital Camera review that these are only suitable for people with OCD? Um, I think that's a little bit cruel, actually. No, I mean, they do a job, they do it reasonably well. I find it a bit bulky when you've got the plug plugged into it and everything wrapped around it. I do find it a little bit on the bulky side. I'd probably stick with the Babino cable buddy. The stowaways, yeah, good idea, but I think I'll stick with the cable buddies. Back to you guys in the studio. Thank you, Graham. And also thanks to Andy, Mark and Brinsley. For the full results and for more on the stowaway and some pictures sent in by our reviewers, go along to our show notes. Now, Pete, uh, it's been a bit of a quiet month on the old pod line, hasn't it? Yes, it has been a bit of a quiet one. I think it's the early summer weather that's driven everyone away from the phone lines. We did get this one, though, which is uh, worth a listen. Hi, my name is Ajay Shaw and I'm calling you from India from a call centre. We have a very good business proposal for you, so that's the reason I'm calling you today. You can call me back on my UK number, that is 0208. That's a first. We certainly won't be in a hurry to ring you back, but thanks anyway. If you want to get your voice on the show, you can call 0208 133 4567 and leave us a message. Yes, and if that newly married couple want to give us a call, Will and his lovely wife, then uh, feel free. If you've got a question for us, or you just want to say hi, you can get in touch via the Contact Us link on our website. Or if you're on the move, you can text us on 07882 043 521, one for your mobile phone address book. We'd also like to know what you'd like us to cover in the next show, so get in touch. Frequency cast, shutdown in progress. Well, sorry to say, that's all for this show, show 63. For news updates or to get in touch, please visit frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for FrequencyCast. Thanks for listening to our tantalising take on technology. And if you like what you've heard, please spread the word. Frequency Cast.